This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show continues to grow so fast. Just had the biggest month in our five-year history, and I love the DMs you've been sh shooting me. Keep them coming. It makes me so pumped to hear how the conversations we put on this podcast are helping you in your career. It is 100% absolutely why I love doing this show every single week. And today... We're in for a real treat. We have a very important guest today. I am so excited to introduce Allie Cudby to the show. Allie's the founder and CEO of Alignment Growth Strategies. For over nine years, her team has fueled growth with internal and external companies by aligning companies for growth. So I'm going to start over. I said that wrong. Baylor, I got to start over. It's not companies, it's customers. I'm so sorry, Allie. I read it wrong. Um, Baylor, start over, scratch that. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show continues to grow so fast, and I love the DMs. Keep them coming, as I love to hear how these conversations are helping you in your career. The show just had the biggest month it's ever had in its five-year history, and, and your feedback is absolutely why I love to keep doing the show every single week. And today, we're in for a real treat. Today's conversation is going to be one that's very important to every single one of you. I am excited to introduce Allie Cudby to the show. Allie's the founder and CEO of Alignment Growth Strategies. For over nine years, her team has helped fuel growth with internal and external customers by aligning companies for growth. Ali's approach is about creating alignment to the customer experience. It's, it's a very important thing that she does. By aligning every part of an organization, she's helped all kinds of organizations achieve remarkable growth. And the result isn't just predictability and revenue. Ali helps teams tap into the benefit that comes with transformational loyalty through an approach I'm excited to share with you today. Allie's the author uh, of the number one bestseller, Keep Your Customers, a book you're going to want to check out, and we'll have a link in our show notes to make it easy for you to get. Um, she works with organizations in every key industry across six continents. You can find her work everywhere. It's been featured in major media from the TV networks, American Express, Top Sales World, Yahoo, many others. She's a big deal, okay? She has all the credentials. I can't wait to get started. Allie, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me today, and congratulations on your growth. Thank you. Uh, it's because we get uh, big deals like you that want to come join us. So on behalf of 50,000 listeners, thank you, and, and let's rock and roll. Let's get after it. Let's do it. Um, you have a really cool company, uh, Alignment Growth Strategies. Why don't you introduce Alignment uh, to 50,000 sales leaders around the world and, and what you do for your customers? 
Sure. So we call it alignment growth strategies. The alignment is spelled M-I-N-T. And that's for three key reasons. One is when you plant mint, it grows like crazy. Two is when you have something that's awesome, it's in mint condition. And three, when you make money, you make a mint. So that's sort of the the inspiration behind the name. And we focus on post-sales strategies for retention and growth. So what is it that you need to do inside your company in order to deliver an excellent, consistent customer experience that makes customers want to stay longer, spend more, and tell all their friends? I love your focus. And that is a fun name. I love that you gave the, you're right, Mint. Mint sounds really good right now, uh, Allie. (laughs) Uh, I I love it. What a fun way to introduce what you do. How'd you get into sales? How'd how'd that lead you to understanding and and wanting to focus on the customer experience? I I always love getting, we have a bunch of people. It's always fun to hear what led us there because I'm still looking for the person that said, I grew up saying I'm going to be involved in sales or customer retention. I haven't met that person yet. I'm not going to be the first. I won't lie. Okay. <laughs> um, so I graduated from business school and went to work at the New York Times company and was part of their corporate strategy group. And cool. it was a really interesting time in the company's history because it was right when they were shifting into, you know, subscribers were sort of going from being paper subscribers to being digital subscribers. So it's been a, it's been a minute since that happened but they were trying to figure out how to make it work. And at that point, when a customer went from being paper to digital, they went from being profitable to unprofitable. So that sort of sets the scene. And Mm. I started working in their, I started working on a project in their call center, which was considered to be like the least desirable possible assignment in the company. People were coming up to me and saying, oh my God, I'm really sorry, I got stuck on this one. But lo and behold, what I discovered was that the experience that this amazing brand was giving to their customers was not that awesome. And when customers were saying, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to be a paper subscriber anymore, but I still love the New York times. I'll just read it online. They were going from profitable to unprofitable. And the solutions were not about creating super complex new ways of doing things. It was really about focusing on how can we make our customers feel valued. And how do we make our customers feel valued? We make our team members feel valued. So it's a much longer story, but the bottom line is that seeing how the way companies treat their employees and the tools that they give them to create paths to success, seeing Mm. how that translated into an impact for the customer, that is what inspired me to get into this business. I love it. What a great way to set the stage. I'll never like read a news article online without thinking of you ever again. Um, <laughs> so so let's, you've set the stage. So I work with a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, primarily sales organizations. Historically, everything everybody wants to talk to me about is how do I get more net new sales? Uh, but as we record this, because it's going to be out there for the next five years, We are at Thanksgiving in the United States. We're recording this. This will go live early in December. Um, We're setting up for 2024. I have a lot of people that are telling me, these executives, hey, we kind of know what 2023 is going to be. We're looking to 2024 right now. Um, I'm seeing retention and holding on to what we have and finding ways to commercialize what we have be more important than I've ever seen. So it's keeping, it's expanding, it's holding on, it's account management, it's all of the things, experiences that we're going to need to create. Are you seeing a similar emphasis increase right now in that? Would you share your perspective of what you're seeing and hearing? Yeah, I think think that the economic shifts that we've been seeing have meant that getting front-end sales is harder. And so companies are looking at their numbers and saying, well, what do we do? And one of the best things a company can do to improve its revenue growth is to actually retain the customers that they bring in. So instead of putting all of the emphasis on front-end sales, and by the way, you need front-end sales. So we're not in any way, shape, or form saying like, oh, you don't have to deal with that anymore. But if you're bringing in a customer and they're churning out, that means that the next customer has got to fill into the slot that you just lost. So you're not getting anything net new, you're just replacing that old customer. 
But if you can improve retention, then that means that that next new customer is increasing your revenue, not just keeping you where you were. And if you can retain and upsell and grow the relationship with those both of those new customers, then all of a sudden you're on this much, much better trajectory for growth. And so then it becomes this flywheel of growth. If you're retaining more then every new customer that you bring in is, you know, bumping you up instead of just keeping you in the same place because you've got a churn problem. So I think that there's a lot of reasons why companies focus so much on net new sales, um, at least historically. But I mm-hmm. agree with you. I think that the the focus on retention is real and it's here to stay because it just makes better business sense. It does make better business sense. And what I can't wait to talk to you about is how we build that and like, what does the experience, what what I want to make sure I heard right. And I want to, I, I always like, so forgive me, I'm I, I'm a label maker and I like to restate and make sure because I think you said something super important that I want our listeners to think about. I love how you said we still need net new because we still got to grow, okay? But it's short-sighted if I'm hearing you right to say, I'm just going to get new and then stop and then I'm going to hand it to someone else. Like I like this, like, no, we want to look at from start to commit and then commit to growing and expanding. It's this lifetime, instead of the buyer's journey, it should be the customer's journey. It should be the whole thing from start to wherever we take you. And and there's a lot of things that go into that. In fact, the way we sell can set us up for better retention. I think I heard you say, is that fair? A hundred percent. I mean, when you're thinking about the customer experience consistently and holistically, from the first time that a customer is introduced to what it is that you do. So that might not even be a sales conversation. That might be a marketing conversation. And you're making sure that that experience is consistent from that first moment all the way through their relationship with you, then you are really creating a, a relationship with this customer that grows trust. And when you grow trust, you're much more inclined to be able to get a bigger share of wallet. I love this. Okay, what a great setup. So let's talk about how we do that. This isn't something you're an expert at. This is something you're, uh, we got a whole bunch of people right now. I, I, I get this call. I'm thinking about a software company who called me last year and the VP of sales suddenly had customer success and retention dropped on him. And was and he said, uh, I gotta be careful not to give the company away because I don't have their permission, but our retention rate, our renewal rates down in the seventies. And we need to be at like 87 or 88% renewals is what they wanted. And he's like, I don't know how to do it. And now it's going to be the thing that fuels my bonus and my longevity at this company. I think there's a lot of leaders that probably get put in similar situations of what do I do? I, I mean, how do we move past being transactional where, oh, it's time to renew in two months and someone magically starts calling them out of the blue, right? Uh, you're laughing. For people who get Sales Leadership United, they'll see you cracking up as I said that. I can't wait for them to see it. When you're going to build a retention strategy, like one of my mentors years ago um, wrote a book called Hope is Not a Strategy. And every time I see people regurgitate that line, he, he's the first guy that had it. And, and I love that book, even though it's old, it makes me think of him every single time. How do you move past hoping for retention and start building a strategy around it? Like when you work with people, where do you start? It really starts with thinking through what that customer experience looks like and what are the key beats or the key inflection points that a customer is going to hit. And so when you think about they've just signed on with you, well, how are you making them feel welcome? What is it that most companies do? You sign on the dotted line, and this is sort of more of a B2B orientation than B2C orientation. And the first thing they do is like, all right, well, let's get you on a kickoff call. And that's great, but isn't there a moment or actually, let me say this differently. There is a moment where you have an opportunity to pause and say, welcome aboard. We really value this working relationship with you. And we value you all as people and all of these things. And if you jump straight into the business of business, you miss an opportunity to build a relationship. And that sets a tone. You know, those first few interactions really set the tone for what this long-term relationship is going to look like. And so then going through that customer journey, beat by beat, 
where are the moments that you want to touch base? Because if you're just waiting until two months before renewal to engage with that customer again, so much can happen between the time that they have signed on and that time for renewal. And if you're missing the communication opportunities, then you're missing so much. And if they're about to churn out, there's not much you can do to to retain them and to save them two months before renewal if you've basically ignored them from the time that they onboarded until then. Yeah. And then, and then you're, you're in a, well, let me give you considerations or concessions, or we'll give you like X number of services or lower your price or whatever. And instead of growing with them and becoming more valuable with them, you actually are becoming less valuable to them. Right. Right. And what happens with my clients is because they are engaging in these like simple, but consistent in, you know, points of communication and engagement by the time they get to renewal, it's a conversation about how can we serve you at a deeper level? And it's not even salesy. It's really genuinely, hey, this is working so well. Like, yeah, maybe we've overcome some challenges. Maybe there've been some hiccups along the way, but we've worked together to overcome them. Let me talk to you about how we can serve you at an even deeper level with our products and services. And it's an organic conversation about how to grow instead of like that, oh no, we got to, like you said, we got to give the concessions. We got to cut our price just to keep them. It's a completely different experience when you're thinking holistically about what that relationship looks like. All right. So I know what I think I'm going to title this. It's it's moments, finding the moments that matter. I love how you talk about moments and I'm like, what are the moments that matter? That's interesting. So if you're going to create a retention strategy, you're going to be intentional about going from where you are to where you want to be. And uh, there's a lot of ways you can measure it. I'm sure. I'm sure every one of your clients measured it's probably just a little differently. Um, and and that's that's good. I love this concept of finding what again. I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth. Moments that matter. I love that. What are the moments that matter? So we got a lot of people that are probably going. That's a really cool idea. Because on the sales side, we create moments that matter. We've got to create awareness. So we've got all these things that we have to create on the sales side. I love that we're saying it's not that different. If I'm hearing you right, it's saying, what are the moments that matter? And how intentional and predictable can we be in creating them? Is Am I oversimplifying it? You're really not. And the, the thing that people, I mean, the, the thing that I would really want to stress is that it's not about complexity. You know, creating uh. a clear customer experience, it's not about the complexity of the of the choices. It's about the consistency of the implementation. Mm. And that's where companies tend to miss out. It's 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 about doing a few things well. And then yeah, you can build from success, but start small and ensure that what your te- and your that your team knows what that path to success looks like that they know what the plays are for each of these key moments that matter or as we call them inflection points um you know, so that when you get to when your your customer hits that moment everybody on the team knows exactly what to do and that makes it so much easier all right So how do you create that? Like I like everybody that's listening has either built or used or benefited from a sales process. Okay. We're talking about a retention version of that. Sounds like. hundred percent. In the same way that you have sales playbooks, we create customer experience playbooks. It is literally the language that we use at alignment. Um, And so the process isn't really different from what you're already used to. It's just thinking about the through line past the sale. Okay. So I want to see if we can dive into this a little bit. I'm really excited about this. How do you create and get agreement and alignment on moments that matter? Like I, I, I'm really interested to hear how we can help people learn how to do this because uh, it makes so much sense. And I, I think it doesn't happen as often as people might suspect. I bet it's rare for you to find someone who's already done this. Well, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I mean, there certainly we come into um, companies and everybody has, you know, let's just take onboarding, for example. Everyone has some kind of an onboarding process, right? Because they've got to get a customer from the point of purchase and to the point of usage. But is it thoughtful? Is it consistent? Is there a, a, 
a step-by-step guide so that when you bring in a new you know, customer success rep or whatever you have, customer experience, customer support, they know exactly what to do. That's generally what's missing. You know, what often happens is instead of having a company way of doing things, you have everybody doing it their own way. And that loses consistency and it doesn't create that that experience that you want to be able to deliver. And so playbooks are oftentimes just a very simple series of steps of, you know, here's the conversation, here are the talking points that we want you to deliver. Here's the template for the deck that we want you to use. Here's, and, and by the way, we don't want you to have this deck on your machine. We want you to use the single source of truth so that all of the decks are have a consistent voice and a consistent look, and we can update them um, to be the way that we want them to be right now. Because what we want in Q423 is probably going to look different than what we want in Q4 or, you know, Q224. And then, you know, what are some templates for emails that you're using? You know, again, it's not about complexity. It's about consistency. And, and then of course we want people to be customizing those emails so that they feel genuine. But when you have to start with a blank page versus when you can start with a template, it makes all the difference. So Ali, I'll just give you a, just may have set a record for the fastest time filling up a full page of notes on my end. And uh, so let me tell you what, where I head is, as I'm listening to this. So I love that you're talking about experiences. I, I think that's a super important word for any person that's customer facing on the new business side. I always say that experiences are how you transform someone from a spectator to a participant. And so we say we one of the mistakes we make is a salesperson says, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this, and then I get a sale. It doesn't work that way. It's I do this and a customer does this. I do this and a customer does this. I do this and a customer does this. And then we get a sale. So understanding that verifier, I don't even like the term exit criteria because a salesperson will still say, I did this. Um, I love saying, what's the verifier? What's the What's the response that a customer does that lets me know mission accomplished? The mission of the of the of step one is X. When a customer does Y, I can say mission accomplished. Do you do that same thing when you create experiences on the retention side? Our mission is this. I do this. The customer does this, and now we're cooking. So I'll frame it a little bit differently, just awesome. because yeah, of the awesome. way that we talk about it. So yeah. we talk about it in um, language that I've sort of borrowed from restaurants. Um, right. So what's the front of house and what's the back of house? Let's and go. so, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant, you're in the front of house. I always like to think of it in terms of, well, if anybody's watched The Bear, um, then they kind of know how this works. Um, but also Top Chef, you know, a lot of them, you know, I'm a you, cooking show fan. So you have me now you've got me like you have me at hello. Excellent. So, you know, when people come into the restaurant, they're getting that front of house experience. It's how are you greeted? What, you know, were you shown to your table quickly? Did you get waters? Did you get bread? Did you get a menu? And that's really important. But ultimately the experience is all going to be driven by what happens in the kitchen. You know, did that order get put in correctly? Did it get served in a timely way? Did they remember that, you know, you're allergic to mushrooms or whatever? So you have to have processes in the back of the restaurant in order, and those have to go smoothly in order for the customer to have, or the, the diner to have that good experience in the front of house. And so you have to be thinking about what is going on in your organization, what do you need to deliver to your team so that they have the tools, the processes, and all of the ingredients that they need to have that great customer experience on the front end? And by the way, it can get messy in the back of house. Like that kitchen mm. experience, like mm. it, it isn't always as clean mm. as you want it to be, but yeah. ultimately you're aiming for a better, smoother experience that, you know, yes, chef experience so that what happens in the in the dining room is as uh, is as smooth as what's happening in the kitchen. I really love you calling it the yes chef experience. It's so good and it's so visual. Um, it makes so much sense. Um, I guess I'm going to go back to something that you touched on, and I love this. We've never hit this topic just directly like this before. So. 
I would imagine that every single company that you work with has to come up with their own. What are the totality of the yes chef experiences from how you're seated to all the different things. Right. And uh, you mentioned one, you know, like onboarding is one. And uh, are there like other common ones or like, is there steps you would say, how do you discover what the, what the right retention experiences are? I guess that's my question. How do you discover the right ones? Because just because it worked for this company doesn't mean it's something that you'll need for this company. Any insights on, on how you discover those? Yeah. I mean, so a lot of that comes through um, customer experience mapping where we'll okay. work with the company and say, okay, what are your unique, um, what's your unique process of delivering your products and services. And there are some things, you know, in some ways onboarding is the one play that every company is most likely to have. And so, okay. you know, like it, it's the easiest one to talk about, but it's also the one where your listeners may be saying like, yeah, yeah, we do that. Um, but do you do, um, you know, like, but then having an equal equally consistent process for business reviews, having an equally consistent process for, you know, ensuring that you're going deeper into the products and services. And, you know, it's not just having a business review, but it's making sure that in that, you know, messy middle between the time a customer is onboarded <laughs> and the time yes. you want to renew them, do you have a way of communicating with them that is ensuring that they understand the products that they're using, that they're, you know, not being frustrated, that if they are frustrated, you're addressing it and, and that you're setting goals for them to go, to get more, um, to go deeper with what it is that you do. So the thing that we do is that we don't just deliver a business review meeting. We're like, okay, we're gonna have a business review meeting. And at the end of it, we're gonna talk about what are what are the things that we wanna accomplish between now and the next business review meeting and really making that an active process. So business review meetings are oftentimes like, you know, sucky, if I'm honest. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they suck for everybody. Yes. You know, the The, person who's delivering them comes in and they do a monologue on, you know, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's what I'm seeing. Da, 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 and everybody says, okay, bye. And it's not an engaging process and it's not tailored. And so this is a much more tailored, thoughtful experience. And yet it takes a little bit more effort to create that meeting yeah. flow, but the benefits are huge. And it means that you're getting ahead of the potential problems that can lead to churn. So I'm really glad you brought this up. This was on my list of things I was hoping to get to. And you got us there. We got, we're doing really good on time. And I'm glad that we got here. I think that we get like, one of the things that happens is we get hired to solve a problem. And I think that, I think that it used to be like, I have a fun training on uh, with everything I need to learn in sales. I learned from hip hop people. Vanilla Ice said, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. <laughs> and so it used to be that we could be okay just solving problems. But now uh, Jay-Z's taught us, I got 99 problems, but your pitch ain't one. <laughs> and um, and so it's not enough to have problems anymore. We got to be able to be tied to priorities. And so I love the idea of, yeah, we started with this, but what are the priorities going into the future? I have to think a, a strong retention process gets us away, not just like we forget about it. We, we build on top of what we started with, but where are we going? And any thoughts or conversations that you would share on how do we connect to current priorities? I've seen some really cool things happen, but I'm not an expert at like you are. Like, I'm really pumped to have you. I got one of the very top in the whole world right now. How do you move from... Because I've seen people happen, they say, oh, we're discontinuing with you. But they say, but wait a minute, you hired us to do this and we did this with like excellence. Yeah, you did, but we're not there anymore. Our priorities now are here. I think that's a very real thing or or am I, am I wrong? It's a very real thing. Um, actually, I'm working with a client right now. And when I came in, they were in fire drill mode with their customers all the time. I mean, every single meeting was like, this isn't right. And this isn't right. And this is our problem. And, you know, and, and it was, it was tense. And, um, you know, the, the customer success team would dread every customer meeting and the customers were irritated. 
And by implementing this process of having what we call realignment meetings. So I don't even like calling them business review meetings because it's really an opportunity for both parties to come together and realign on where you are and where you're going. Now those conversations are completely different. They get into these realignment meetings and they're saying like, okay, here's what we were working on our, you know, and we did X, Y, and Z. So you're covering off what happened in the past. Help me understand where you're going and what's changed in the, you know, period of time since our last conversation. Great. How can we help you grow to get there? How can we serve you? And when you have the conversation from that perspective, it's, it is a completely different selling conversation because you're really talking about how can we, how can we help you attain the goals that you are aiming for? And that feels really different in the room. I've seen what you're describing work really well before. And I think that the takeaway that as I listen to you, Allie, and once again, I want to put labels on things and I want to like try and take what you said and help us look into the future with, we need to be able to help fuel where that journey goes. Instead of being an order taker where they drive through and say, hey, do you have this on your menu? We want to be able to say, we work with other organizations like you and the three things everybody's talking about going into 2024 are A, B, and C. How do you prioritize these? Is that like what you're talking about? And I can help you get there. Is that kind of where you're where you're thinking? Sometimes it's that. And sometimes it's like, hey, I see how you're using our products and services. And, you know, this is a, you know, you're doing a great job. And here's an opportunity that I think would really serve you well. And, um, you know, because one of the challenges that you've talked about is such and such. And one of the goals that you've talked about is this and that. And what if we could help, you know, address those challenges and serve those goals? And what company isn't going to say, you know, say more? And instead of it being like, hey, if I got a thing to sell you, it's really about how can we be partners together on a better future? And so the word that comes to mind as you say that is perspective, because many of these people have this blinder on and... I think that one of the the most valuable things we can bring is perspective. And and so I love that because I really wanted to ask you this question too, because I think finding the next priority, if you, if you aren't helping them find the next priority, is, is that reason to be afraid of, of longevity with them? Not necessarily. I mean, it's okay for some clients to just be users of some subset of your products and services. And, um, you know, not everybody has to be a power user. And in fact, if you build a great relationship with a smaller customer, you, and maybe you have a bet, a greater share of their wallet and they just only need a certain amount of what you sell, that can be okay. And in fact, when you build that relationship really well with that customer and you create a solid relationship with them, they can become incredibly loyal and their indirect revenue of referral and talking about you positively out in the marketplace, it can be even greater than if, you know, than even more revenue from this, you know, the direct revenue from that customer. You know, I talk a lot about direct versus indirect revenue because we don't, yeah, we don't value, we don't put the numbers to the value of the referrals sometimes. And you can have a small fry client and they can be worth so much more, exponentially more than the revenue that they deliver because of the relationship that you've built with them and the referral that they give you. So I wanna shift to that now because that's another one that I was interested in. I, I for a while have felt like companies will say they have product market fit based on what sales does. I don't think that's true. I think product market fit is proven based on retention and renewals because good salesmanship can get people to try anything once, but only a really great totality of product market fit, not just the product, but how we service it and how we grow. To me, that's when you know that you've got things. And that's, I would say, indirect revenue because knowing that we've got this code cracked on how we hold on to customers, that's really valuable. Am I am I overstating that? Is that is that accurate? No, I mean, I haven't thought about it just like that before. So I want to chew on it a little bit more. But you know, Fair. my my gut is yeah, that's right. I mean, if a good salesperson 
what's the old expression, right? Can sell snow to uh Eskimos, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, I wasn't sure if we're still allowed to say that. Um yeah, you're fair. I should probably apologize to everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the rules <laughs> are anymore. So yeah. um anyway, My but bad. that's the old expression. And yeah. so just because you're a great salesperson doesn't mean that you are delivering a client or a customer that's gonna stand the test of time. And so you're right. It's really the customer that values the product and uses the product, not just the, who gets sold the product. Um, and then how many times if you sell somebody and they're really not a good fit, like a couple things can happen. One, and I think I said this already, is if you sell somebody and they're not a good fit, and they leave at the first renewal period, um, you've probably sold, sold them at a loss. And so you know that's yeah. not necessarily something to be proud of. <clears throat> you, you gotta get customers to that moment of profitability. And in some companies that's year two, year three and beyond. The companies I work with, we're always looking for three times uh, CAC, whatever the cost of acquiring customer is. We have failed if we can't get to three times the cost of acquisition, so. Right. And so thinking about what does sales look like from that perspective is huge. If you're just thinking about what does it take to get them to the to the dotted line, then you're really missing out on what it takes to get to the finish line. Moving past that. the dotted line and good. getting to the finish. That's going to be a video on Sales Leadership United. That We're going to use that for sure. I'm gonna, I feel I like I need to run and like copyright that. <laughs> It's good, Allie. Um, I love it. Yeah, for, again, I'm, this is so awesome. You're this is a great conversation. Um, so let's talk about let this. We got like just under ten minutes left for us to talk, and I want to make sure we give you plenty of time to let our listeners know how to get a hold of you. I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of people will get your book. I'm hopeful a lot of people want to talk to you about things that you can do to help them solve problems. One of my favorite things that, that I, as I was getting to know you, as we talked once, getting uh, before this, and then I looked over a lot of stuff you do. I love the word transformational loyalty. Lots of people talk about loyalty. I've read the paper on the loyalty effect and there's all kinds of stuff, but you call it transformational loyalty. And I think that's unique to you. And I think that it would be really cool for us to, to start to wrap by talking about why transformational loyalty is worth pursuing rather than just loyalty. Yeah. I think that loyalty is a misunderstood construct or in, in, in sales and in business, because we tend to think about loyalty as loyalty programs, you know, so it's buy 10, get one free, or you refer somebody and you get a something off or whatever. And I recognize that those are called loyalty programs, but I think of them as being sort of lowercase L loyalty. And what you really want is that capital L loyalty, the Let's loyalty go. that comes from truly, you know, being the, the company that they want to be working with, where they feel like they have a connection to what it is that they're doing with you. And so there's, so in, in my book, Keep Your Customers, I break it down into three different kinds of loyalty. So one of them is lazy loyalty. And we've all had lazy, loyal customers. They're just there with you because you're the convenient buy. And the way that I like to think about lazy loyalty is you're the coffee shop on the corner. And so somebody may come in and they may buy from you every day. They may buy the coffee and the donut, right? So you may think this is a great customer because they come in every single day. But the reality is as soon as they move, they're never going to buy from you again. And so it's great to enjoy their loyalty and you want to serve them well, but they're not there for you. They're there because you're there. And so it is loyalty, but it's a lazy kind. Then, Love it. then you've got limited loyalty. So these are folks that, you know, as long as you're working for them, they're sort of happy to stick around. And a good example of limited loyalty is like a travel, um, you know, miles program. So right now, I live in Boston and Delta serves the Boston area pretty well. I like Delta. Their Sky Miles program works for me. Um, I'm, I choose Delta. But 
they just changed their structure for Sky Miles and it may not work for me as well going forward. And so then am I going to make Delta my priority airline going forward? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I got to take another look at, you know, what these new rules are. But if I determine that, you know what, actually United now is the better Sky has their their Sky program or their Miles program, whatever the heck they call their Miles program, is better for me. Well, then you know Delta is probably going to be a time gone by, and I'm going to switch to United. It's not that I'm dedicated to Delta. It's just that they're what they're giving me works for me. So limited loyalty. Like yeah, okay, I'll buy from you, but only as long as it works for me. Now, lucrative loyalty. This is where it really becomes the transformational loyalty. This is the kind of loyalty where somebody is ride or die for you. And they're going to tell everybody about who you are and what you do and why they like working with you. They're the person that you want to have on your customer advisory board. And even if you don't have a customer advisory board, they're the person that's going to reach out to you and say like, hey, by the way, I was using your product and um, I found this really cool uh, hack on how to use it a little bit better. And I just wanted to share with you how I'm doing it because it's so cool. Or, hey, I was using your product and I found this thing that isn't working so well. And I really want you to know because I love what you do and I want you to fix it. Um, so you can have these loyal customers, these lucrative, loyal customers, and they're the ones that want to stay with you because they're invested in what it is that you do. I love those segmentations. Sounds like we should have you come back and we do a show just on those three, to be honest with you. I would Um, love that. Yeah, I I think we'll we'll need to. We're going to have a lot of people that really, really like what we just did today. And I'm grateful to you for that. Um, we are running up on it and I don't want to shortchange giving people access to you. Um, we've covered so much. I can't believe how fast it went. Like it, it, this has been fantastic. Um, transformational loyalty, getting to the finish line, not the dotted line moments that matter. These are great topics that you're right. Transformational is not hyperbole. This will transform customer companies if you do it right. So how do people get more of you? Like, how do they get your book? How do they reach out to you? How do they f- pick up what you're putting down? How do they follow you? All of it. How, how, how do they get more alley? So they can go to the website, which is alignmentforgrowth.com. And that's probably the easiest way to find me. Um, okay. The book is everywhere books are sold, but you can also go to keepyourcustomersbook.com. And I will be honest, like I am not so big on the social media, except LinkedIn. So come find me on LinkedIn, Allie Cudby and the company. And when you find me on LinkedIn and connect with me, and I hope you do, um, please mention that you found me on Rob Pop, Rob's podcast so that I know um, to connect with you. And I know you're not just selling me something. Thank you. So we're going to put all those links in the show notes. We'll put your book and your website and your LinkedIn. We'll put all of it in there to make it easy for people to get a hold of you. We have probably three or four more minutes. How would you put a bow on what we talked about? If you wanted to have like a final thought or two that you share with 50,000 people as it relates to this transformational concept, moving past just like problem solving, because loyalty is different than just problem solving, right? Retention is more than just like you had a question, we got an answer. Is there like a that you'd put on this conversation and take a couple minutes and, and share with people? Yeah, I mean, I think we've alluded to some of this. We've said it a little bit, but it bears repeating. I think sometimes when people hear about this customer experience stuff, they think, oh, that sounds complicated. And the reality is it's not about the complicated. It's about creating small things you do consistently and growing from success. So, you know, it's it's, sometimes it's the best practice is too much. And if you try and implement something that's considered to be best practice, it's going to die under its own weight. So how can you start small, be consistent and grow, grow from success one thing at a time? Um, You know, you don't have to create a new customer experience from soup to nuts overnight. You know, how do you do it consistently and, and, you know, do it, do it the right way the first time. Ali, this was fantastic. On behalf of 50,000 people around the world, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, You clearly 
I love it. In five years of working uh, the show, I have sometimes met people that have a cool idea, but when I try to go deep, they can't. You can. You got all the goods. You got you got it all. Uh, for for all of you fortunate enough to have listened to this one, her name is Allie Cudby. Uh, she runs one of the top uh, retention practices I- in the world. Uh, check out Alignment and uh, find how that you can get that mint effect in your business as you create transformational loyalty by engineering on purpose the moments that matter. And I think she's right. If you can move past chasing the dotted line, you'll find that there's a different finish line. And when you get there, it's a game changer. So Allie, thank you so much for joining us and and good luck. I wish you only great things as we get to finish 2023 and into 2024. And I hope in early 2024, we have you back for round two. Thank you so much. I look forward to round two. This has been a great conversation. I've loved it. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has lived on Patreon, and it has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. I couldn't be more excited to share that Sales Leadership United now has its own home. We've moved off of Patreon. You can find us at salesleadershipunited.com. And you want to check this out because I coach a lot of leaders, over 100 at any given time, and they're in big companies and new companies and small companies. They're in every industry. I work with people that are new to leadership. I work with people that are new to companies. I work with people that have been in their spot for 30 years or more. I work with some of the most seasoned and successful leaders in the world. And every single one of them is asking for more tools, more insights, more perspective. How do you create systems? How do you create foundations? How do you create change? How do you coach? How do you lead up, manage up, connect to a totally different generation? And the number one question that I get, really simple. What are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing now? And that's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. Tools, training, techniques, perspective that comes with that can only come from the benefit of thousands of hours of working with leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United yet, get over to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB to get a free trial on me. Now let's get back to this conversation. That conversation with Allie was awesome. So freaking good. So many great things to think about and implement. Listen, I'm hearing from leaders that I work with now more than ever before that retention, churn, whatever your name for it is, that it has to improve, period. Now, for so many reasons, this is important. It's been important for a long time, but I'm seeing an emphasis in it that I haven't seen for a long, long time. And unfortunately, not enough teams are treating the customer experience with the same intentionality as they do the experience of winning and landing new accounts. This is a big part of why retentions become so challenging. We don't have the same process usually. And on top of that, our competitors are fighting to take our customers away from us. They're out there talking to your customers. They're whining. They're dining. They're bringing insights. They're creating experiences. And too often, we're left playing defense, but we don't know we're playing defense until it's too late. I love how Allie helps teams look at being proactive with a set of experiences that we need to have to create predictability in the post-sale experience, rather than just working hard and hoping to hit some retention number. We need to always make sure we stay in the experience business. Circling the wagons and trying to make a save, that isn't going to work. And making the assumption that if someone isn't complaining that everything is just great, that's a mistake of epic proportions. For years, data has shown that a quote-unquote satisfied customer, they go away quietly all the time. Most of the time, they never tell you before they leave. I could share story after story about how companies get taken by surprise with customer losses, and that's in every industry. If you want to talk shop about retention, I want you to hit me up. I can do it in SaaS or other parts of technology, finance, manufacturing, professional services. I work with all of them and and have a lot of perspective around this, okay? That's why you need to have experiences that you can intentionally engineer because that's the only way you're going to create transformational loyalty. So... When you have that, you can do more than just troubleshoot or just answer questions. Listen, 
Just like sales shouldn't be transactional, retention and expansion shouldn't be transactional either. And that's why I loved this conversation. I hope you go back and break this conversation down and start implementing ways to be just a little more proactive with those you service. There's going to be videos in Sales Leadership United that you should look at and look at with your customer, with your colleagues uh, that come from this show because now is a critical time to make sure that we are being more intentional with that way that we retain. And I want you to remember, product market fit is not proven by how much you sell. Product market fit is proven by how well you retain. And so that's one of the reasons why this was so, so important. And so I'm going to say it again. Be a little more proactive, a little less reactive, because the stakes have never been higher. So, Allie, you're amazing. I so much enjoyed this conversation, and I can't wait to have you join me again sometime soon. Congrats on your success and the impact you've created with teams around the world. I appreciate you sharing your perspective on being intentional about creating systems that fuel transformational loyalty. Congrats on your success, and I can't wait to see the impact you create with companies all around the world. My advice to all of our listeners reach out to Allie, connect with her. You're gonna find that she's an incredible resource. Read her book, connect to her. We've included links in the show notes to make this really, really easy for you to do, to get her book or go to her website or, or take advantage of the tools that she has to offer. And then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of the highlights of my conversation with Allie and with so many other amazing guests of the show. We've got several clips that will be huge leadership resources for you. It's simple to use. They're all tagged. We will give you all the leadership assets you need to get off to a fast start in 2024. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you ever give us is to share the show with those you work with. So please share this episode with someone. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Put it on your social channels. And if, if you're comfortable, leave us a review on iTunes. You can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and check it out because you'll be glad you did. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you liked this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it. And then get after it. Because life is short. We got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. And luck favors the people who act. Maximize what you do today. Be elite. Live strong and chase your passions. And do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.